0: Good morning, everybody, and welcome to my show. I'm Dr. Neeru Prasad with my background in pediatrics and emergency medicine, affiliated with Henry Ford Health System, St. Joe, Oakland, and Beaumont. The theme of our health talk today is mental health issues among adolescent adults post-COVID. Joining us today as our guest speaker is Dr. Chris Schiff with a mental health specialist. And Chris and I, we have been friends for over I don't know how many years, and we have always talked about so many issues that is going on with our children, adults. Also during the COVID era, we produced several videos there but today he's going to talk about the post covid three years later so good morning chris i know you have such a nice introduction but could you give it to them our viewers again Certainly.
1: good morning my name is dr chris allen shreve and i have a phd in mental health counseling currently in private practice and working with folks with trauma mental health issues substance yeah. abuse and a variety of things and so this is probably our 15th to 20th show I think we've so. done yes yes and, we've uh, produced. today's show is going to really be uh kind of piggybacking off one of the shows we did about three years ago, right. over three years ago, when we talked about COVID-19 before anyone else had ever <laughs> talked about COVID-19. That is true. So, we were uh, the first one. Yeah, we were actually the first show. <laughs> I don't know how many people saw that show, but we actually beat the uh, national news that day. <laughs> so that night is when uh, I think the national news started talking about COVID-19, but we had did our show that morning. That's so exactly. we were already on the point with this disease. So this show today is really talking about what we've learned three Years later, um, from the effects of COVID nineteen, how it's affected uh, mental health in uh, among adults and adolescents. So okay, that's true. Yeah,
0: so I believe you have brought some wonderful slides. So. Yes. Can we get started started? Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Well, you know, one thing we've learned since uh, 2020, Mm. COVID-19, is that roughly 22.8% of people Mm -hmm. have had a serious mental health problem, and that roughly represents about 60 million people. Mm -hmm. Um, Of that population, about 6% have had a serious mental health problem, and that represents about 14 million Americans. Um, We look at the youth, um, 6 to 17, and we see that um, 16 Mm -hmm percent or so have had a mental health disorder. And roughly uh, seven to eight percent of Americans have had co-occurring disorders, which means substance abuse and mental health. Uh So we see that some of these, uh, the incidence of mental health has definitely increased post-COVID-19. Exactly. So we can have the next slide. Um, We can see some other relevant facts to the mental health issues that about 47 percent of U.S. adults Um, who had a mental health problem received treatment in 2021. Hmm. Now, what's interesting about this fact is that over half of people didn't get help. So, you know, of of the uh, uh, 47% of people who got help, 52% didn't get help. And that's very alarming. And we also see that number with uh, serious mental illness, about two thirds of people only got help for their diagnosed mental problem. So that means roughly one third of the population never got help for this. Um, we also see that youth, uh, about 50% of youth between six, <laughs> age to 6 and 17, um, never receive treatment either. So we're doing the diagnostic work. Kids are, and adults are getting assessed, but only half or so are getting help for it. Yeah. Um, and so we also know, this is a big factor that I think is very important, yeah. that once a person has been diagnosed with a mental health problem, it takes about 11 years on average to get help. Is that so?
0: Yeah. Eleven years. Eleven That's years. long, yeah.
1: So could you imagine having an untreated mental health issue like depression or anxiety and how it impacts on your life?
0: And their mortality.
1: Yeah. And you don't it get help for high. it for a decade later. That and, is true. And just imagine the toll that it's taken on your life and your family yeah. in the course of that time that you haven't sought treatment. Um, And I think also what we've learned is that um, a lot of the population who have mental health do not have adequate health insurance coverage to pay for their treatment. And that's a big gap in our system as well. And I think another uh, factor that's really important, and I see this in my practice, Mm -hmm. um, with telemedicine, we're able to service people in areas that don't have they don't have access to mental health uh, facilities or treatment. Right. So the the telemedicine model has really helped to deal with the areas that are very impoverished related to therapy, yes. and that's roughly 160 million people in America is are in so? these areas that yes. have low no. numbers of therapists or agencies to provide mental health services.
0: Not the not the urban area, the rural area. The you're rural talking areas, areas. Yes. About, yes. Right. Yes.
1: Yes. 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 I have patients in, in in upper parts of Michigan okay. that the nearest therapy agency is 50 miles miles away
0: oh okay and
1: i mean they're literally in the middle of nowhere Mm -hmm. and we're able to do you know therapy through the uh phones and laptops and so forth so that's really been a good addition to uh helping to deal with the mental health problem absolutely yeah can we have the next slide so this is sort of a racial breakdown of some of the mental yeah. health, uh, what we've learned post-COVID-19. And these numbers have pretty much stayed consistent. Um, but what we will notice that there has been a big increase in the male population seeking treatment. Oh, okay. And that's a good thing. And I am yeah, seeing that in my practice. Yeah, I am seeing out of, one, out of, uh, one out of three uh, calls to my office are for men. Men seeking therapy for for themselves, not their wives or girlfriends calling. Mm -hmm. They're calling, which is a big deal. (laughs) You know, a lot of times you get the wives and the the girlfriends calling for the husbands, but now I'm getting husbands and men calling for themselves, recognizing that they're suffering with their mental health. It gets back to that statistic of you find out you have a problem, but you don't get help until 10 years later. And that's what we're finding, I think, with the male population, Mm -hmm. is that men are starting to come in Mm -hmm. and getting help. And that's a big deal, especially I see that in the African-American community. I see a lot of African-American men coming in for therapy, and that's a good thing.
0: And I see your last one, the gay or the bisexual, more more in them?
1: Well, you know, that 55. 6. Yeah, that's a pretty high number, and that number suggests that um, within the gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender community, yeah. that there may be some... Um, association with mental health that's higher than the average population, uh-huh. and that, that probably needs to be further investigated and studied to see what are some of the risk factors mm. associated with the gay, lesbian, transgender, LGBTQ community to see what might be some risk factors associated with, with right. the population. But, yeah, yeah. We've also seen the other numbers stay pretty consistent over the last three years. Okay, and we can have the next slide. So we also saw some impacts on personal and family dynamics related to uh, mental health and the effects that COVID has had on families. And we see that roughly uh, people who have depression, 40%, mm-hmm. have a higher risk of cardiovascular disease yeah. and other type of metabolic yeah. problems. And I'm sure that you see that in, right, in, in, yeah. in your practice. Right, Underlying mental, con-
0: physical condition, like diabetes high blood pressure, and those kind of
1: things. Absolutely, yeah, and you know, that's a big is, number. When you consider 40% yeah. um, could be at risk for other secondary problems, which could also yeah. be very life-threatening as well. Um, Also, we see that there's a high correlation with mental illness and substance abuse. Roughly 35 percent of the population have this co-occurring issue, uh, which makes it more complicated for practitioners like myself to treat these folks because you not not only have mental health, but you also have substance abuse. And Mm -hmm. they do need to be treated uh, very differently sometimes. And so that could be another problem for practitioners to help treat both of those types of issues. Um, And then we also see that some of the other statistics are you know, people who have mental health issues typically have higher unemployment rates. They have difficulty in finding employment. I think there's probably some discrimination and stigma associated with folks who have mental health issues. We just saw that um, uh, circuit court judge uh, uh, Bernstein. Right, um, Right. He right, yeah. right, he, um, <laughs> he admitted that he had a he had, had a mental health issue, and he decided to go get some help. Finally, he admitted. Yeah, and that's a good thing to yeah. uh, you know to be able to be public and to acknowledge. Your mental health issues and, and not feel that your masculinity or your, you know, your credibility or mm. your character or your career is in jeopardy because you, you know, identify that you have a mental health problem. So that was a, a great move, and yeah. I appreciate that. Um, we also see that um, students with you know, mental health issues are more likely to um, repeat a grade.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah, so
1: we can see that these things can affect academic performance. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of kids who have mental health it challenges, especially anxiety, which is a big uptick since COVID nineteen. Um, a lot of kids are not making it to school. I have a new patient I met yesterday. Mm-hmm. Primary reason he's not going to school,
0: oh, and it's an anxiety.
1: Off. Well, he's um, he's in the Gross Point school system, yeah. and. Um, mm-hmm high achieving environment um, but he's having some social issues and exactly. uh, mental health problems that are being flared up exactly and yeah. so he's having stomach aches and all kinds yeah. of problems in the morning so he's not somatic. making it to school yeah
0: so somatic issues so somatic
1: so we find that that you know kids and you know adolescents who have mental health issues tend to have um, issues with school. You know, they don't go, they, they're they not focused, they're not um, engaging in their academic studies, and that can certainly be reflective in their GPA, yeah, which can p- create more stress. Okay. Right. You know, when you see that GPA drop and the parents start to get a little amped up about it, then that just kind of creates another Then they cascade. are alarmed. Right. Absolutely, <laughs> and then it kind of caves in on them as well. Yeah, so. right. Um, and so we also know that roughly, you know, eight and a half million people are caregivers to people who have mental health issues. And that's a big deal. You know, I have a uh, one of my best friends, he's passed. He died mm-hmm. at, uh, we were born a month uh-huh. apart, and he was a primary caregiver for his father. Oh, And okay. his father passed at 95. My yeah. friend passed at 48.
0: Oh, really? And
1: he primarily passed okay. because of the stress associated stress. with caregiving. And so that's a big thing that we've noticed now, that caregivers are really Under a lot of stress, taking care of family members and loved ones who have mental health problems. So that's a big thing that we also need to provide support services for the caregivers. And I don't think we think a lot about caregivers in this discussion. No, no, right? Because they're very important to you know maintain um, that person's life. Mm. You know, sometimes the caregiver is the one that's there when the therapists and the doctors aren't. So that's very important. Um, If we could have the next slide. We also see some impacts on community. community. And, um, and, you know, I'm very concerned, and I've always been concerned with the homeless population. Right. And we know that since the institutionalization of the mental health system, that most of the mental health hospitals, especially here in Michigan, have been uh, dissolved. And so a lot of those patients who were in these hospital facilities have been put in community-based programs, but unfortunately, if you look at the demographics, Mm -hmm. a lot of those patients that started in primary mental health hospitals were then infiltrated into the community-based systems, ended up in jails and prison. And so that's what happened. And and a lot of that was because they became homeless. And, uh, you know, because the nature of mental illness with some folks is that they don't like people. They like staying away from people.
0: Right. So they don't don't seek
1: services, so they end up being homeless, Mm -hmm. and then that can result to being incarcerated. So that's one impact that we've seen. Um, And we also see the other statistics related to depression and anxiety. Um, It affects mortality and birth rates, and uh, that's very important. And uh, we also see that roughly 600,000 people Mm -hmm. annually are hospitalized for major, major psychiatric disorders Amazing, on a regular basis. Amazing, isn't it? Yeah. And the, the problem with that is that we don't have nearly enough hospital beds mm-hmm. to provide the services for people who need these mm-hmm. services. It, it's really kind of sad. And I think COVID really shed light on how deficient our mental health and our medical systems were dealing with something like a pandemic. Mm-hmm. Yes. So we also know that the military folks have been affected. Um, I've had many soldiers and veterans coming in for services, and uh, we see roughly 20 percent of our U.S. veterans have had a diagnosable mental health uh, problem. And uh, so fortunately, the the VA is servicing a lot of those patients, but they are also out in the community and receiving services as well. So we could just see that since COVID-19, a lot of populations, a lot of folks have been affected in dramatic ways.
0: Did a lot of harm. A
1: little COVID, Corona. Well, one little virus that you can't see changed our entire world.
0: I know, yeah. And uh, and
1: it's changed the mindset of people. And I think that, you know, part of this show today is talking about the effects it has had on people. Uh, Exactly. And I've seen just in my practice alone, um, a lot of people are coming in because of COVID-related mental health problems. Right. Um, Isolation. Um, reengaging back into their lives you know we we've we've been home working at home i think so long that our brains have readjusted Mm -hmm. to sort of a new normal uh of working at home and i think a lot of people are really struggling with motivation Hmm. energy i know you just did a show earlier today on sleep and i have a number of patients who are um, reporting sleep problems fatigue energy issues, motivation problems. And I see these all directly related to the effects of COVID and Mm. the mental health, because a lot of folks are really stressed. I think COVID virtually...
0: Economic pressure is a lot to unemployment.
1: That has been devastating. I've had a number of patients who have been wiped out financially due to either unemployment, um, having to you know, take money out of their investment portfolios like right. their 401ks. Uh, and, and everything is down, everything so that makes it even down. more stressful, <laughs> especially if you borrow against your 401ks with yeah, these high right. interest rates. Yeah, yeah, high
0: and interest And so
1: a lot of patients have had catastrophic medical bills. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I have a patient now who is. um, struggling with uh, uncontrollable hypertension because of the effects that COVID had on his lungs. And he's been off work for about nine months now. And and, uh, so he's seeing me for mental health um, because it triggered a lot of depression, Mm. a lot of anxiety. You know, he's the breadwinner in his family, and he's not been working in nine months. And he almost died of COVID, (laughs) you know, not to mention that fact. (laughs) So now he's recovering, and now he's trying to get back healthy and to work on his mental health and his physical health. And so I'm seeing a lot of patients coming Obviously. into the practice with this type of uh, dynamic, um, trying to recover financially, emotionally, physically, and mentally from the effects of uh, what's happened to us in the last three plus years.
0: Yeah. So Chris, yes, yesterday I was just kind of collecting my thoughts, or reviewed my previous videos, and one time we had talked about this uh, smoking, uh, smoking, you know, with the lungs disorder, mm-hmm. right? That the e cigarette. Yes, the vaping. You, are yes. you still seeing them more of this in your
1: clinical practice? Well, I think, you know, that's that probably a show the, by itself, yeah, too, and we did talk about that. I know, we talked about it. I think it. what I'm seeing is that... Lungs uh,
0: disorder yes, with the mental illness, yes. that's what I mean. I have
1: but, two patients right now, um, okay. one that came in yesterday, Yeah. and a patient I've been working with for about six months, and they are primarily using vape. Yeah. Cartridges, both for With, nicotine yeah. and for THC, mm. and we're nicotine starting to see a, a medical phenomenon occurring yeah. where some patients are having extreme gastrointestinal disorders.
0: That's what I was going to ask you about because there seems like they have hyperacidity and. There's something
1: in the vape chemicals Vaping that chemicals. apparently, for some people, creates mm. a very high level of stomach irritation. Yeah. In fact, I have a patient, if he smokes, he gets hospitalized because mm. he gets so sick. He's He's been in the hospital right. about 15 times Yeah. because of um, trying to figure out what was going on. And I I've really uh, narrowed it down to his using of the vape cartridges. And so we've stopped, he stopped using those and that's helped to reduce the stomach problems. So I think as a culture, um, we're seeing those cartridges being used more widely. Mm. um, Because like he said, my patient said to me, they're more convenient. They're private, you know, you can go (laughs) anywhere and smoke and it doesn't create the odor. Mm. And so a lot of people are using them at work and driving and concerts. And so it's becoming part of our culture. Now, is it healthy? I don't think we know yet. I think, you know, that's kind of like in your area. Right, um, yeah. But I think from my understanding of the chem- the chemicals that are involved in these cartridges and whatnot, I think long term we're going to start seeing some problems.
0: Yeah. What I was reading, Chris, is that there's some metal component, and it causes like a alveolar fibrosis,
1: mm-hmm.
0: pulmonary fibrosis, mm-hmm. in a gradual, not sudden.
1: Yes, and, and I, they yeah. have
0: more asthmatic attacks.
1: Absolutely, and I think times like this, where the the allergy yeah, season right. is flaring up, people that have that are going to have a bigger problem. Now, long term
0: reaction. sequelae. Yeah, yeah. Of vaping. Yes, yeah, that's yeah. what I was very interesting. Yeah.
1: I do think, though, they probably have cleaned up those devices. Because I know when we first talked about it, right, our show yeah. was about the contaminants that right. were in there that were causing people to die. Right, so right. I think they've cleaned that part of it up, and yeah. the vape cartridges are much safer. But mm-hmm. the question really is, is vaping safe? Right. And I personally, I don't know. I don't really know. I mm-hmm. think, you know, if you compare that to, t- to tobacco smoke then to maybe, the, maybe, to the but I'm not so sure, you know, I All think right. long-term studies are mm-hmm. being conducted now, and I think vaping has been around now maybe about five to seven years, so mm-hmm. I think we'll start to see some long-term data come in that mm-hmm. might give us an idea of what effects it's having on lung tissues and, and that yeah. kind of thing.
0: What do you think, what is your advice about the high schoolers who who started doing this vaping, you know, since they were in the middle school and all that. Now they are high schoolers going to the college. Mm. Will there be a lot of after effect of this when they go to college, like, yeah. sequely, like asthma?
1: I think we can things. predict that uh, can safely. Predict I think we we're going to see an in increase. Yeah, absolutely. Because you know what happens when you're mm. when you're smoking and vaping, you're not really exercising. Right. You're right. You know, you're not athletic. You know, a lot of kids, um, mm-hmm. when we were coming up, we played basketball, football, baseball. And, you know, we didn't have Xbox and PlayStation. And so we lived a more active life as kids. Right. Kids nowadays uh, are more sedentary. Mm-hmm. They're, they sit around, I don't want to stereotype, but, you know, a lot of kids are mm-hmm. gaming a lot, spending a lot of time. They're not exercising Pick up sports like we naturally do. And so, if you're adding vaping and THC, you're not likely to exercise. So, you're, you know, you may be getting out of shape. And so, you might see those effects.
0: Exactly.
1: I I do think, though, what I am seeing Mm. that I am very concerned about is the high level of addiction to these devices.
0: Yeah. Addiction is a big, big, major
1: issue. I mean, you know, cannabis. Historically, cannabis, was is is yeah. in America was used as a demonized drug, but you know around the world it was always considered a medicine. Right. But there is an addictive component to cannabis yeah, and all right. drugs, yeah. and I think that while it, there are some health effects that are very positive for using cannabis responsibly, I I do see a number of patients mm. who are using the vape cartridges, uh. the more crystallized forms of THC. Yeah. Are so addicted. And those vape cartridges, especially the nicotine ones, they create a high level of anxiety just if that thing goes missing for 30 seconds. So, you know, if, if people, you know, misplace that little mm-hmm. cartridge, mm-hmm. they right. start freaking out. You know? exactly. And I mean, really, and it's like, wow, you know, oh, my God. And, uh, yeah. and that's something different. Yeah. I mean, I know people have nicotine cravings and yeah. things of that nicotine sort, the but drugs. these devices seem to create a lot of anxiety yeah. when they can't, when they don't have it in their hand. It's like yeah. a new pacifier. Yeah. So I'm concerned about how the addictive levels are and yeah. people trying to get off of smoking using these devices, it's I'm not so sure if these little devices little are other, helping. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So we don't even have time to talk about the addiction part, but you know, fentanyl related, that is climbing up and up in all the time. Well, diamonds. they're putting
1: fentanyl literally yeah, in everything fentanyl, that people yeah. can use. I have heard they yeah. are sprinkling fentanyl powder in marijuana, in marijuana. Which to me that, is ludicrous. Because I don't even think you can even be affected that way they are
0: doing a lot, you know, in yes. the urban areas. Yes, yes. Urban and the and the you know, the, yeah. the villages too because yeah. they don't have enough money. So they just do the mix. Yes, yes. Nice. And I
1: mean, it's it's becoming very scary out there. Very, very yeah. Fentanyl, yeah. yeah. So this show, you know, like I said, just was an update, <laughs> really, of what yeah. we've learned. You know, we've been tracking COVID-19 yes, for three-plus right. years. Yeah, right. So these are just some of the latest numbers that we're starting to see now, yeah. post-COVID, and how it's affected people's mental health. And I can tell you... It has changed our whole world. We're not the same people coming out of COVID that we were no. going into COVID. No, we're, we're much more stressed, much more anxious, stress, irritable, aggressive, right. mean, <laughs> nasty. <laughs> you know, as well as having depression, anxiety <laughs> you, is you, a major you problem. You said
0: it, Chris. You said well, it. Well, you see it when you aspect. drive on the street.
1: You know, people Look, are just very different now. Yeah. yeah.
0: 193. Plus 0.2 billions in lost earning each yeah, year. Yeah, that's that the toll we're starting I to know. see, the yeah, adding yeah. up. Yeah. Our economy yeah. and the war, everything else everything,
1: contributes, yeah. right? So we need to really focus on our mental health right now mental, because yeah. we're going through a tough time.
0: But yeah. they have been spending a lot of, they're giving a lot of money to the mental health. Yes. Every year, whether it is children adults. Yeah.
1: But, it's unfortunate. but it's still there are much more. Well, we, we still know, and now we got to wrap it up, but there's still yeah. access to treatment. We saw that only a third to a half of people who are diagnosed are getting help. (coughs) So we still have a big gap in in providing help for the other 50 percent of people who have problems who are not getting help. Yeah. So that the war continues, right?
0: Right. Yes. Yes. We continue
1: to fight. So
0: this is, so what is your final advice, one minute to our community. Well, I know uh, right what now we're at, we are uh, all
1: coming out of this. <coughs> we need to really focus on ourselves. We yeah. need to really work on our mental health. We need to focus on exercise, nutrition, diet, yeah. um, and getting out there. Wellness, just, mindfulness, right. you mindfulness know, meditation, yoga, anything, yeah. walking, mm-hmm. bike riding. This is what we need to do to take care of ourselves. Right. Real simple, easy, no cost kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. and
0: try to stay away from the drugs as much as we yeah. can and toxic just to use your own yeah yeah
1: yeah, yeah. So, stay away from all toxins people <laughs> people places and things absolutely
0: <laughs> so I'd like to thank you Chris for coming to my show. Every time I have you it is a pleasure because you add to my knowledge Yo, I appreciate and everybody's that. knowledge. I like to thank our viewers for watching my show today mental health issues among adults and the community adults. So until I see you all, have a safe and a wonderful summer.